I am Osa Schwab, host and executive producer of Inside Malden, Ideas and Stories That Inspire. On May 11, 2017, I moderated a panel discussion about arts, culture, and community. This panel discussion came about as a result of the work of an arts visioning team that formed following a successful pop-up art gallery in December of 2016. The excitement of this pop-up in Malden spurred representatives from MATV, Malden Arts, Malden Creates, Malden Cultural Council, and the artists' community to explore ways to expand the arts in Malden. In February 2017, the team met with elected officials to give a synopsis of recent arts activity and to invite suggestions and support. Inputs from that meeting inspired this discussion, an invitation to the public to respond to successful examples of arts expansion. The panelists participating in this conversation were Farah Mihubi, writer-entrepreneur, business researcher, Alvin Akoma Colon, an artist, co-founder and director of Paris Street Gallery Studios, Peter Ng, an artist, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, Jean Apollon, choreographer, master teacher, artistic director of Jean Apollon Expressions, Andy Jacobson, the owner of Brood Awakening Coffee House in Lowell, also board chair and currently acting executive director of the Cultural Organization of Lowell, also known as COOL. And we have Lainey Schooltree, composer, performer, producer. Schooltree was ill on the eve of this discussion, but has graciously offered excerpts of her rock opera Heterotopia for this podcast. She also shares her own insights about arts funding on the InsideMalden.com website. This recording is offered in three podcast parts. The first part provides an introduction and context to this conversation. The panelists introduce themselves and we hear a little bit about the history of Lowell's art movement from the perspective of the cultural organization of Lowell. Part two offers stories about successful arts initiatives like the Paris Street Art Gallery, How Art Center in Chinatown, Jean Apollon Expressions Dance Company, and the Lowell Arts District. Part three addresses what is needed to enable artists to bring their creations to market. For more information about this panel discussion, or to access part two and three, please visit InsideMalden.com. Good evening, and welcome to the uh, Malden Senior Community Center. My name is Ron Cox. I'm the Executive Director of MATV, Malden's Media Center. And thank you all for coming tonight to Arts, Culture, and Community. We're looking forward to this uh, night to uh, get a chance to uh, talk with the community about uh, where the arts are in Malden and where they could be. At this time, I want to introduce uh, our Associate Director of MATV. Please welcome Andersa Rose. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad to be here tonight. And as Ron said, MATV is about connecting community. But what we do a lot of in this community is collaborate. And so we have been collaborating with other arts organizations, in particular Malden Arts, um, which is an arts nonprofit uh, non group. And we have Malden Creates, which is a for-profit local business, and the Malden Cultural Council, and local artists. and. Um, over the years, through the arts that we do in the gallery and on the shows that you see, um, we've been 
helping to nurture and nourish the arts in Malden. And so this is, um, we are collaborating with these other organizations to put on tonight to help move that process along. So um, I'm very happy to be here and I thank you all for coming. And I'm going to now introduce uh, Candace Julian, who is the Vice President of Malden Arts and also um, the Cultural Council's co-chair. <laughs> um, and she's gonna give you a little bit more of a background of why this panel has come to be. So welcome, Candace. Um, so it's great that everybody's here. Uh, my job is to sort of give you the context for this. And the context is the pop-up, which how many, I just want to see a show of hands. How many of you either participated in the pop-up or came to the pop-up? Awesome! <laughs> see, this is what we're trying to show you. So the pop-up created a huge amount of excitement and energy. And what we decided was it was going to put us over the tipping point. So I don't know if how many of you have read The Tipping Point, um, which was a book by uh, Malcolm Gladwell, I think is his name. And the idea is there are enough, um, enough events happen to push something into a new phase. And we all felt that those of us involved in the pop-up was we were at a tipping point. So at the end of the pop-up, we sort of formed a, a collaboration of um, Naomi Brave, who is so sad she's not here tonight. She's in the middle of a NSF review <laughs> at her work, so she would much rather be here. Um, so Naomi Brave and myself with Malden Arts, and Ron and Anne with MATV, and Marcel and Osa with Malden Creates, and Steve Maurer, who represented the artists from the pop-up, so we all started getting together and we called ourselves a visioning group to try and figure out how could we move this over the tipping point. So our first, uh, our first attempt to do that was to pull together a lot of the elected officials, both um, state, uh, local officials, and talk to them about we think the arts needs to expand in Malden and how can you help us. Um, it was very well received. I have to tell you that we were very happy. All of our representatives showed up, which was great. Um, and uh, they got very excited. So this, this is step two in our process of trying to move us to the tipping point, and that is to involve the community. And our thought about that was to sort of spark our imagination with folks who have done really exciting things in the arts in their communities and see if they could sort of cross-fertilize us. So with that, I think that gives you a, an overview of kind of the context where this sits. Um, and with that, I will introduce Osa and have her take it away and explain the panel. So this is such a thrill for me because I have so enjoyed getting to know you all, the panelists. Before we get started with a, a conversation, I want to give you a chance to meet the panelists. What I'm going to do is invite the panelists and uh, come up and just share a few thoughts about 
who you are and your connection to the arts. So hello, thank you. I'm a recent transplant to Boston, your wonderful city from two decades in Atlanta. And um, love Atlanta, but I love Boston way more. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, used to work with faculty in business schools and um, used to write case studies that are taught in the classroom uh, to help uh, future managers become uh, good at what they do, and came here to work on the academic incubator side and to work with new venture teams and innovation, entrepreneurship, all of that wonderful stuff. And as you all must know, there's so much of that here, so I'm just going to be busy forever and ever and ever. So um, I'm also an artist, but not you know in the way that all of you all are, but I appreciate the creative process, and I'm working with creativity and innovation and entrepreneurship and all of those things that all feed off of each other. So this is a great city to be in with all the kinds of intellectual activities that go on that feed the creative spirit. Uh, my name is Peter Ng. Uh, I'm from Hong Kong. and. Uh, Four years ago, I retired from the Federal Aviation Administration for 41 years. I was a communication director uh, for the FAA. And after I retired, um, I'm basically a full-time artist and I do painting, all kinds of media, and I paint to uh, help other organizations to fund their scholarship program. And um, uh, after I retired four years ago, and every year, basically, I gave out $26,000 of my money to support the groups. And recently, actually last Saturday, um, we opened the uh, grand uh, opening of the first uh, art center in Chinatown. And where I donated $10,000 for them to do the construction inside. And I also did an exhibition using a seven feet long brush, which weighed 40 pounds. I swinging around with martial art, Chinese dance, calligraphy, and Tai Chi all together at once. And it's, it's actually shot at Channel 5. Um, I was interviewed by Janet Wu. My name is Alvin Cologne. I go by the name of Akoma. Akoma is uh, an acronym I created for myself when I was a young boy. As uh, I wanted to create a unique name, an artist name for myself. I've been doing art for over 22 years. I'm from the city of Boston. I grew up in uh, Roxbury. And uh, I've done many works in the city. Uh, one of my claim to fame was uh, maybe being one of the first graffiti artists to have art presented at the State House. And uh, so I went from being chased on the streets doing graffiti <laughs> to now doing works for the police department, State Department. And uh, it's just been a, a really good time and, uh, you know, a lot of good experiences throughout the years. And uh, so I went to Mass College of Art in 1999. I studied graphic design. And then uh, shortly after school, um, I kind of gave it a break. And I went into labor work. I got tired of just painting all the time. I wanted to find a trade for myself. Did that for about seven years. And then I landed myself my first artist studio in Charlestown. I did that for three years, and then um, I, I landed myself as an art curator doing events. I uh, never knew I was going to be doing this type of stuff. I just thought I was going to be an artist. So I ran out of space in Charlestown, and I looked nearby here, and I found a space in Everett, and I call it Paris Street Gallery. I've been there for four years. My name is Jean Apollon. I was born and raised in Haiti. I came here in 1993. 
but my passion was for dance because since I was a young boy, I pretty much suffer a lot of trauma in Haiti because my father was killed pretty much in front of me and my family. So the only thing that kind of saved me is to dance. I find my therapy, and I was dancing in Haiti, and a teacher of mine now, she's 98 years old, bless her soul, she's still alive, but not dancing anymore. She said, what happened definitely can destroy you, but you can choose your path. So to me, I was the eldest of my three brothers. So I said, you know, I would like to really continue dancing so I can really help other kids who are suffering from trauma in Haiti. So I came here and I finished high school here and I moved to New York, studied with the Alvin Ailey and graduated with the Joffrey Ballet with the BA in dance. And after that, I went around the world traveling dancing and I was like, wow, there's so much I could do in my own community. So I moved back to Boston and I started my teen intensive program here in Boston. I started my own dance company and I went back to Haiti for the first time in 2001. And after I saw so much destruction happening in Haiti still, so I said, you know, let me start a dance program for kids who doesn't have no kind of way of dancing. So when I started the program, through the earthquake that happened in 2010, I've seen kids coming in with missing limbs, uh, fractured faces, and I bought one here in New Jersey to have an operation, but she was a dancer also too, so they were able to save her eye because her eye pretty much went to the socket. But all these things, really, the joy of dance that we brought to Haiti really make the communities in Haiti better because I can tell you some of the kids who never done yoga in their life. Since 2006 when we started the program, some of them have their own little yoga studio, even though they do it for free. Some of them open their own dance studio. And here in Boston, we have seven dancers. We go around the world performing and trying to create healing. We don't do dance only for funding because definitely we need the funding, but mostly we do dance to really heal and trying to really rebuild communities. Uh, yeah, so Andy Jacobson, uh, I have a coffee shop. I'm not an artist at all, can't draw stick figures, but um, I support the arts and through the coffee shop, I've always been a supporter through offering paint to artists and performances and everything. But uh, for the past several years, a couple of years, I've been the board president of the cultural organization of Lowell. And more recently, as of a year ago, the acting ED until we do have our uh, job posting out there. So if there are people that are interested, we do, if you go to um, the MCC's Mass Cultural Councils, we are looking for our part-time executive director right now. Uh, but we have been really involved in supporting advocate and advocating for the artists in Lowell and trying to grow and strengthen not just the artists, but the, the economy of art and culture. We're interested in learning from our panelists in a way so that Malden can increase the abundance of art in its various forms. Obviously you're here because you believe that if the arts are supported and there's abundance of art, it will help our city economically, socially, and culturally. If we're talking about more art, we have to talk about supporting the artists and enabling the artists to do their work. Um, and what is it that blocks the ability for them to do that work? How can we clear the path and give them the resources that will enable them to do abundant work locally? To give some sort of a framework for our conversation today, I want to share just briefly about a, a recent uh, study that was done by the National Endowment of the Arts 
um, with the Center for Cultural Innovation, and they offer findings that shed light on exactly what artists need to be able to do their work. And um, they have divided the, um, the understanding of the, the things that an artist need to be able to do their work into six categories. And I'm just gonna share them really briefly, and so you can think about that as we um, have our conversation. The first one is validation, which is there's a reason for art, it is important. Um, the second is demands and market. There's a need for it, a desire for it, and a willingness to pay for it. There are material supports, that is space, uh, resources, funding, ability to run a business, and then there's training. Training in equipping an artist to do what they need to do in order to um, make their work profitable and uh, to be able to function in society. And they need communities and networks. And that is connection with other artists or connect connection with non-artists. And then they need information, information about what is available. Um, so with that backdrop in mind, I want to do a little thought experiment with you. And I want you to just sort of contemplate this as we have our conversation and quietly and, and we'll have a chance to refer back to it. That is you panelists included. I want you to imagine what Malden or any community for that matter would look like for its people if there was the right balance of access and impact of the arts. So if, if we didn't have to have this conversation and, and there was abundant arts to our satisfaction, what would that look like in Malden? So my first question, I, I want to pose it to Andy. And, and I want to um, just ask you to share a little bit about the origins of cultural organization of Lowell and, and sort of historically what it's done in Lowell to sort of build up the arts community, because it is really truly amazing. It's mind-boggling how many cultural organizations and artists and venues and exhibits, and if you look at their calendar, you just could not possibly even begin to fathom which thing you would go to um, in any one week. So Andy, if you could just share a little bit about COOL. Um, so yeah, so we really started as a, as a city organization uh, years ago where the the city was really looking to try to attract the artists into Lowell. We had the uh, old mill buildings that were being converted, and one of the ways to do that was to try to bring in a lot of artist studios, um, artists into these studios. And so through that, and it's gone through a couple of different names, I think um, local was the acronym back then, um, it's it sort of transformed over the se past several years uh, into some new variations. Um, so at first it was to sort of help guide the artists coming into Lowell, and then it sec the second sort of transformation was to take a look at all the organizations and the art galleries that have opened and try to work with them and build events and try to market that and, and market them and promote them and figure out how to use individual artists in different events. So through that, a series called Destination Lowell was born, and that was sort of partnering with different businesses, and on once a month, 
uh, we they um, held events at the different there was themes so it was uh, I think for the first two years it was uh, country themes so it was Congo or Brazil Cambodia etc and each of the businesses and the artists tried to do something as of a representative of that theme um, we held other things you know we brought together the um, the Cambodian opera um, uh, to do a big production there um, and had them come in from Cambodia as well to, to work through this. And so we were looking at a little bit more of an event organization, but as well as promotion. Uh, the next transformation started happening because what we decided at that point was we did not want to try to run up against the same funding sources mm -hmm. for events. Um, and you know, we, we would probably hit each other for the same uh, sources for general grants, but for event purposes, we didn't want to take the money away from the art organization. So we really started focusing on promoting and marketing the organizations. And uh, so that was where we were for a while. And then more recently, uh, as of about maybe a month or so ago when we met, um, we were doing the release of our latest three-year strategic uh, plan. And really what we have found during this time frame was that the arts, the cultural community, because it, again, it, for us, it's, we don't look at it just as art. We look at the culture in regards with the Cambodian community, the ethnic communities, um, food culture, the clothing culture, etc. All of this, it's really a fragmented industry. And again, it's, it is an industry. It's not each individual organization. And what we're trying to do now is through collaboration, we want to start bringing people more together and start working together more um, and theming event and having them work together in theme events and trying to be more cohesive and trying to plan um, a lot further ahead so that everyone can be working together and hopefully not you know try to work on creating a giant pool of funding um, in order to really I guess to that tipping point you know I think mm -hmm. we've reached that next tipping point where there is so much happening that everyone's working sort of against each other instead of with each other. Mm -hmm. So we want to try to bring everyone together a little bit more and start talking to one another, meet others, and see how everyone can collaborate together, as well as we want to increase our advocacy. So. And what would you say um, with regard to the artists and cultural organizations um, helps, what is their role in furthering and expanding the arts? Uh, well, I think they play one of the biggest roles <laughs> because, yes. I mean, without the arts organizations and the National Park and the other cultural organizations, without them, you know, there is no, you know, there, there's no life, there's no vibrancy that's going to happen in the city. So they are going to be playing probably the hugest role. And, um, but they all have to be, you know, we, everyone has to be willing to work together right. and talk to one another instead of, you know, here and there, there's maybe a collaboration or two. It really needs to be expanded and a lot more. So what you're saying is mostly a connecting, being willing to communicate with others and work together is really one of the things that would help them be part of this expansion. Yeah, I, I do. I, um, I mean, anyone can succeed to some degree on their own, um, you know, especially if they're working. But at some point, you know, you have to work together and you have to make sure that you're working to create, 
you know, the, the good for the entire city because if the city itself can start building and growing the demand and growing the customer base and the visitors to coming in there, you know, it's going to eventually benefit hopefully everyone. For more information about this panel discussion, or to access Part 2 and 3, please visit InsideMalden.com.